with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I'm Roy Kolick on this somber day as Britain lays its monarch to rest. Not quite rest. She's in state. Anyways, joining me is the guy who can tell us all about this, the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons. Good evening from a very somber Britain in national morning. Mm-hmm. National morning. So it, it's, it's a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of Americans love the Queen and, and they're quite broken up about it themselves. And then a lot of people just shake their heads and say, what's the big bus? You know, so uh, why is the Queen so important to the UK, Britain? Well, she's our head of state. Uh, She represents us around the world. Well, she represented us around the world because the monarchy never dies. Um, You know, when the Queen dies, when the Queen died, immediately her son became the king. So the monarchy never dies. But they are our representatives around the world. They're non-political. They, mm-hmm. um, they're a, a rallying point, a figurehead for all of the British people, not just Britain, because she's also head of Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and 14 other countries around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the interesting thing. And I had to correct a lot of people because I, I was aware of it. And you please correct me if you're, I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, when I said Charles is king, they said, oh, no, not till he's coronated. I said, no, 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 no. As soon as the queen's gone, he became king. Is that correct? That's perfectly correct. The monarchy never, never ceases, never stops, never dies, never pauses. Um, well, only uh, as long as the, uh, the birds are in the tower. As long as as long as the ravens are in the tower, but uh, the coronation is a state ceremony, a ceremonial event. Um, mm-hmm. Constitutionally, it means it. It's nothing because the crown has already passed to King Charles. Um, but yeah. the coronation will be about next May or June, uh, because obviously it takes a lot of planning. Oh yeah. You don't you don't do anything half-hearted over there. Well, do you know I was I was thinking today we we do, uh, but compared to America, we're very half-hearted because really? today, today, in front of around fifty thousand people who lined uh, to see the procession from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall, um, the Queen was surrounded by about. 15 protection officers and 800 marching soldiers who were unarmed. Um, Then I switched over to another channel um, just to catch up on the daily news and saw the US president going through Washington 
in a motorcade mm. um, with armed cars, uh, armored cars. Armored oh, yeah, the beast. Cars. You guys, the beast. Yeah. Yeah. He had the beast. He had helicopters overhead, um, motorcycle outriders. And, you know, the king, King Charles, was walking effectively unprotected through the middle of the capital city of the Commonwealth, London. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't need a motorcade. And it's often been said before, you know, when the Queen went from one place to another, uh, when she travelled around the kingdom, or even if she travelled across London, there would be one other vehicle escorting her, uh, which would carry the Royal Protection uh, team. She didn't hmm. need a motorcade. And so now you, know, you could argue that yep. we are very half-hearted outwardly, or we're just better at doing the security without being so obvious about it. But anyway, you know, that started me thinking about a lot of misconception about Britain. And oh, there are lots. <laughs> and... Uh, so I, I actually have a, a list here of, of okay. by somebody in in uh, uh, the British nation. Yeah. Well, Britain and Great Britain, it, it's not a it's not a nation, is it? It's it's. it's well, you you tell me. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, you know, I don't want to read these through, but you you tell me. Okay. Well, Americans often refer to we we over here as Brits. And mm -hmm. that's perfectly true. Um, collectively, we are Great Britain. But collectively, we are Great Britain, excluding the six counties of Northern Ireland, which also fall under the crown. So when you refer to Great Britain, you always say Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Yep. Now, Great Britain comprises primarily, but not exclusively, four kingdoms. That's... Uh, the crowns of England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. So that is that those four crowns comprise the United Kingdom. When I whenever I'm over in America, it's, it's Americans seem to uh, not not all, but they seem to understand Scotland. They seem to understand Ireland, Wales as being separate nations. But they always refer to the English as Brits. Right. Um, whereas it's actually, we're all Brits. Everybody from mm -hmm. Brit Great Britain are British. We're Brits. And I'm English. My wife's Welsh. Stephen Scott, our friend, is Scottish. Dylan Jones, the teller of Curious Tales, our other friend, he's Welsh. So we can, mm. we can you know, we are a collective Kind of like the United States, I suppose. Uh, I suppose. Well, but you, know, you, you, well, it, it is in a way because states. Yeah, you, you have your own. They have their own. Uh, correct me what's wrong now, because I'm just talking what I I can believe, but I could be wrong. So feel free to correct me. Don't like each of the you know like uh, Scotland uh, and Wales have their own parliaments. Uh, Northern Ireland. Scotland and Wales have 
what are called devolved parliaments, where they have um, primary, uh, they can they can make um, a lot of decisions what? for for their for their countries. They're not independent by any means. There is one exception to that, and that is England. England doesn't have a separate parliament of its own, an assembly parliament of its own. Um, so you have a unique a, a unique um, situation that's always rankled the English. And I'm English and I get rankled by it because Scottish members of Parliament in London, Irish members of Parliament in London, Welsh members of Parliament in London can vote upon the affairs of England. But England can't vote on the affairs of Scotland, Ireland or Wales because it doesn't have. But each of those three separate devolved uh, parliaments is subservient to the United Kingdom Parliament, which is in London. Mm-hmm. But England doesn't have its own separate one. Okay. So they, there is, there's, do, there's another do they have a, wait, a quick question on that before we move on to whatever. Do they move? Do they, each of them have their own prime minister? They have their own first minister. First minister. Is, OK, thank you. Which is is effectively prime minister. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you were saying there was another. Uh... Yeah, there there is another anomaly uh, that a lot of people don't understand. For example, if you were to uh, decide to come and live here and remain here, and you could become a citizen of Great Britain, I never can. Um, I I can never be a citizen of Great Britain. I can never hold citizenship in this. Are you a subject? I'm a subject. And the, Uh. the the defining difference being, if you are born here, you are born a subject of the monarch. But you can you can take citizenship here. And so, you know, we're not. Those who are, of us who are born here are subjects. Those of uh, those who come to live here are citizens. And it gets a bit blurry again because you know we all have a citizens' charter, and uh, <laughs> which applies to everybody. Very mm-hmm. complicated. Yeah. It'll, well, I mean, your system has been around for a few years. Well, it's the same system. It's it's more or less the same system that you use in America, Australia, mm-hmm. Canada. Um, and half the nations on Earth. Okay. So there's another misconception. The Queen has absolute power. The the Queen has got a lot more power than people imagine uh, that she has, or he, King, has a lot Mm -hmm. more power than than people imagine he has. Um, People imagine, or people are led to believe that the king is, I can't do anything without Parliament say so. And to some extent, that's that's true, because he is apolitical. He has no politics. He's not constitutionally, he cannot influence the politicians. When, when they write the king's speech for the state opening of Parliament, for example, the king reads a prepared script that's been written by the governing party of the day, you know, the Tories mm-hmm. or, or Labour, so uh, the, the Democrats or the Republicans. 
But there are still some archaic legacies left over from King Charles I and the English Civil War, which which they fought between Parliament and the King because King Charles I said that he ruled by the divine right of God and that um, he could do pretty much anything he wanted and Parliament <laughs> said, oh, no, you can't. Oh, no. And they fought. He lost. He got beheaded. Uh, we we became a commonwealth uh, for, I can't remember exactly, I think it was nine years. And then we said, no, we like the king. We, we'll, have a, we'll have a monarchy again. It's much more uh, in keeping. And so we, we, we invited his son, Charles II, to take the throne. And he did. Uh, but but the, the king could, if he so chose, declare war. Um, and and there are others. There's, there's a very interesting one as regards North America, and it's in the, the 1783 uh, treaty, uh, Charter of Independence for America, the Act of Independence for America, mm-hmm. because although America declared it was independent in 1776, uh, no, uh, Amer- the, Amer- the American colonies took a you know there was. Um, a period when they had declared independence, but they weren't actually independent. Right. Yeah, we declare so, ourselves, but you didn't grant it. That's right, and we did. We we we. It was it was by mutual assent and treaty, and uh, ratified by uh, George the Third and the Parliament in 1783. And it does. There's a line in it. I can't remember the exact wording. Um, I'm sure someone listening who's uh, well versed in American uh, history will will give me the exact. Um, But do you remember when uh, around 2000 there was a problem um, with George Bush becoming and they, they had to do innumerable recounts based around Florida and Jeb Bush? Uh, I, and, and there was a period where the 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 president. You mean now, Gore? Yeah, yeah, between Gore and Bush. Well, mm. as it turned out, somebody pointed out this legacy in the 1783 Act of Independence, and it said that if America fails for a period of six months to elect a president, then the um, uh, Rule rule of America would revert back to Britain again. And there was, <laughs> That's funny. And there was, and the, also in addition, there was one U.S. state that never ratified the act because they wanted to remain with Britain. I can't remember which one that was either. Probably a southern. I think it might I be New so. York, actually. Really? Well, that's interesting. I think it was New York, hmm. but don't quote okay. me on that. Uh, you know. That period in history, it's a bit foggy, but it is interesting, mm. though, that this that this legacy, you know, in the act still remains. Led to many jokes at the time, like the Queen said, if you don't hurry up and elect a president, um, I shall come back and, you know, claim uh, ownership of the United States, except for Utah. Mm. Her Majesty doesn't like Utah. Okay, there you go. I don't know why she had much idea about Utah, but mm. that was just a joke at the time. 
So here's another one that most people believe, and once again, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Britons only drink their beer warm. <laughs> no. Um, we drink ale at room temperature, and we drink uh, lager beers chilled. Because ale, if you chill it, tastes horrible. Yeah. Okay. So there, there you go. It's warm because American beer, um, which is actually a lager, has to be chilled. And so when American troops arrived here in the nineteen in nineteen forty-three, they went, Oh, you Brits, you drink all your beer warm. Yeah, piss warm. <laughs> well it's served at room temperature in reality. <laughs> uh okay. Another of us going back to the Queen is a misconception is that the uh, British national anthem is God save the Queen or God save the King. Correct. That is correct. That's correct. That's our national anthem. Oh, this says, let me see. Uh, God save the Queen. Is, oh, the anthem of England. Excuse me. It's only England. No. I, no. I reversed it. It's my bad. <clears throat> yeah, no. England doesn't use its national anthem very often because it tends to use the British national anthem, which is God Save the King. Um, but Britain has its own national anthem, uh, which is Jerusalem. Which is what? Jerusalem. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard. Well, I probably have, but don't remember it. Uh, yeah, I, that's no, oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting at all. All right, so what do we got? Uh, here's another one. Uh, British people speak the Queen's English. <laughs> uh, no, the Queen speaks what's referred to as received pronunciation. She would say, for example, uh, she would refer to herself in the first person. So um, she would say, uh, one would, one would like a drink. Mm. Not I would like a drink. If you want to hear Queen's English or BBC English, as it sometimes as it used to be called, um, you would have to listen to BBC radio broadcasts up to about the 1950s. Uh, but even the monarchy has changed. I mean, if you listen to King Charles, the new Prince of Wales, if you listen to them speak, they just speak plain, plain language English like you or I do. Okay, that's interesting too. Now, here's here's the one we all agree on. Um, British people have bad teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, that, because do they really? we don't. Well, they're no worse than American teeth, except we don't hide ours under layers of veneer and dental work. Um, mm -hmm. And no, they're, they're no different than American teeth. Um, we do have a problem at the moment in the United Kingdom um, that our NHS um, is, is very short of dentists. Mm. Uh, the other thing as well is that I guess, you know, it, it's a vanity thing. You know, we don't get bombarded with adverts for tooth whitening and tooth straightening and right. 
you know, we we live with what God gave God gave us. Yeah, you have you have good oral hygiene. It's just well, uh, we have very good oral yeah. hygiene. But yeah. you know, we, if you strip the you know the veneers and the the dental work off most Americans, their teeth are every bit as bad. I'm sure they are. <laughs> Maybe worse. <laughs> well, Possibly worse. Yeah. So uh, this is another one. Uh, free health care. Oh, that's our that's our jewel in the crowd. Is it free health care? No, we pay for it. Um, we pay for every person in the country, uh, every employed person in the country pays an additional uh, 4% tax per annum and their employer really? pays a similar amount. Yeah, it's like and, uh, social Well, that's called national insurance. Na- national insurance pays for our national health service, which means that it doesn't matter whether you have um, a boil or cancer or you require cardiac surgery or anything else, it's free. You pay no more. You don't pay anything. Uh, When an ambulance scrapes you off the road, you don't pay anything for the most advanced uh, healthcare. You don't pay anything for the, you know, for for having a baby. You don't pay anything for, um, you know, open heart surgery. Because it's all paid for. We all pay for it. Okay, so it's it's really not free because you're really paying for it. It's free at the point of delivery, which means that yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't oh, that's matter a good way if, to put it, Steve. Yeah. yeah, well, that's how, it's, that, that's how it's described to us. It doesn't matter whether you're a homeless person living on the streets or indeed the king. If if you need healthcare, it's available, and there are no limits on it either. There are no restrictions, no limits. Um, they don't turn around and say, "Oh, you can't have it because it costs too much money." You get what you need to make you well again. Mm-hmm. It's a good system. So, yeah, I guess it is for as long as you can get what you need. Well, there, as I say, you do, you can. Um, you know, every one of us over here benefits from it um, because every succeeding generation pays for it. They they brought this in in 1947. It was brought mm-hmm. in by the government in 1947 to address the problems of what what had been happening is people couldn't afford to go to the doctor, or the doctor would charge them, you know, and. Um, you know, simple remedies. People were dying at home because the, the family couldn't afford to call in the doctor. And so the uh-huh. government decided that we will take a very small amount of money off every individual um, and we will pull it all together and we will provide all the health care you need. Now, it's always short of money. They always say it's short of money. They always say, but the money's always there. They always say that it's under stress. Um, and to an extent, that's true. I mean, we probably have longer queues to use it, the hospitals. You know, mm. you may have to wait a few hours before you're um, treated. But ultimately, you will be treated. And it also works for people coming to the UK because 
if if you as an American tourist came to London, fell over on the pavement and broke your leg, an ambulance would arrive, you would be taken to hospital and you would be treated. Okay. So going on this. And you wouldn't get a $60,000 bill either. No, that's that's a. Yeah, I know that's that's sad and for us. You know, we had a we had a you know, Social Security was supposed to be it was funded by the employer and the person uh, who, out of their paychecks and it's supposed to take care of them in their old age. Of course, once the our wonderful government got their hands on it, they put the money in the general fund, which is why we're always hearing about Social Security going broke, because that money that should have been in Social Security uh was taken out and it wasn't accumulating, it wasn't uh, doing, and, and so it's a big bill for the the thing. That's why uh, a lot of uh, the Congress always try to do something with Social Security. It's like, I mean, our system isn't perfect because our, that, that pot is also, you know, it, governments the world over are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it was supposed to pay for the National Health Service, for elder, elderly, you know, a pension for the elderly, to make mm-hmm. sure that you were looked after as it was sold to us originally in 1947. You would be looked after in times of need by the state from cradle to grave. And mm-hmm. effectively, it's true. But because the budget has been, was never ring-fenced, you lead to the situation where year on year, um, whilst the NHS itself is safe, other areas, the peripheral areas of it, are constantly nibbled away at. Yeah, that's terrible. So, Typical politicians, and, and, you know. And you have a lot of politicians um, encouraging people, and in fact, a lot of people with with you know with who are well off mm-hmm. will go will use private healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's sad, though. You know, it's sad, but, you know, it seems like the, the here in the, in the states that, like, the legislative bodies, all they like to do is raise taxes. I mean, we had in Massachusetts a $2 billion surplus, which means we have to, they have to actually have to give back some of the money to the taxpayers. And yet they got a new proposal on the ballot to tax uh, anybody who makes a million dollars uh, to for this tax and and that but however that's not just people that's also small businesses it's also mm-hmm. houses I mean it, they just want to get money that's all they do we got to go anyway <laughs> so I guess we have there but uh, yeah I mean we've been looking we'll at some of the yeah, we'll common misconceptions yeah misconceptions of about Britain and I only have a couple more well actually a few more. All right, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Tolick right here on Tojanet Radio. And we'll be right back after the following messages brought to you by our good friends at Circles of Wisdom 386 Memorack Street, Methua, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event? 
book or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. of the first half of the Ghost Chronicles double edition tonight where we put to bed some myths and misconceptions about Great Britain. Yeah, we have a lot of them. But before I do want to go, uh, Steve will be coming over here and you can uh, actually take part in this uh, presentation that uh, Steve will be providing on the uh, it's the 30th or 29th. Let me just double check. I don't want to give anybody wrong. Yep, the... 29th. Uh, it's an online Zoom event uh, through Circles of Wisdom, uh, and you, the gold standard, will be talking about ghost hunting technology, instruments, gadgets, or gizmos. So that more misconceptions. Yeah, we'll and you can rest. And you can join us from all over the world to do this. So if you you can't get over to the states to see Steve when he comes over here at the end of the month, you can join us and. This special event. Yeah. All right, so still going back. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, still can't get over flying three and a half thousand miles to do a presentation to people 20 miles away. No, they're not 20 miles away. They can be anywhere. <laughs> I know when I did my paranormal study groups, they're everywhere. Uh, but anyways, I another, misconception, another misconception is that uh, Scottish money is accepted anywhere in Britain. Uh, no, it's not. Mm. Uh, so I should take any pounds from uh, Stephen Scott? <laughs> it's accepted in many of the major stores, but small traders, there is no obligation to take Scottish money or Irish money um, mm-hmm. in in England or Ireland or Wales. You know, it's only strictly legal tender in the issuing country. However, um, because value-wise, it's exactly the same as the English. I was just going to ask you that, so it is. There yeah. is no difference. Um, and it only refers to the notes. All of the coinage is identical right right across the board. Only the mm-hmm. notes um, are different in Scotland and Ireland. Uh, Wales uses the same as England. 
Um, so they are they are financially exactly they exactly the same. Um, but small businesses are not obliged to accept them because they're not strictly legal tender. And okay. you do find that some shops won't. Uh, or they look at them and think that they're counterfeits or. Who, who's on the uh, Scottish pound? Uh, at the moment, I've no idea. I haven't seen one for a long time. Mm. But it'll okay, be, so... a, you know, it'll be a Scottish luminary. Yeah, like Bruce. Uh... Um, well, I know Robert, uh, Robert the Bruce was on, used to be on one of their notes. Mm. I don't know if yeah. he still is. Yeah. So, anyways, another interesting fact is uh, Britain. It rains there all the time. When people think of Britain, they immediately think of <laughs> bad weather. Yeah, we're in the middle of a drought over here at the moment, and we've just had a very hot summer. Um, we are uh, a maritime climate. You know, we're surrounded by the ocean. We face the Atlantic. Uh, we're not a large landmass. So um, there is, but there are regional differences. I live on the West Coast, which is considerably wetter than the European facing East Coast. Uh, the mountainous regions of North Wales and Scotland and the English Lake District are considerably wetter than the South. Um, it's just a it's just a quirk of geography. But I guess that we're not really that much wetter than anywhere else. According to the uh, this this chart they have, uh, Britain ranks forty uh, sixth in the chart of worldwide average rainfall, falling well falling well behind New Zealand twenty ninth and the United States twenty fifth. Wonder what the number one is. That's a big I, 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 I give you a, a, a quirky yeah, weather fact. Oh, I'll take that. Uh, per capita. We have more hurricanes and, and tornado. Uh, sorry, we have more tornadoes than America. Wow, I had never ever associated tornado with the UK. They're not they're not F fives or F you know uh, yeah. big tornadoes, but uh, legitimate F one, F two, F three tornadoes mm. per capita. So you know, divide the number of tornadoes by the population, right? And we have more, considerably mm -hmm. more. We also have more uh, canals than Venice. I know, that's what, amazing. You told me that the rather, other day. The city of Birmingham has more uh, canals than the city of Venice. Mm. Yeah, you know, the other thing is, you know, there are a lot of misconceptions like that, too. I mean, I live in New England, as you well know. And yeah. we think we think about tornadoes. So we think about the you know Tornado Alley, you know, Texas, yeah. and Oklahoma, yeah. all that. We hear about earthquakes. We think of uh, you, you know California and, and Alaska and Washington. And but here in New England, we have our share of uh, yeah. tornadoes and uh, earthquakes. They're, they're not we, powerful. We have uh, on average about two hundred earthquakes a year in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, most people don't realize that. No, we've got no active volcanoes there. <laughs> we do. Not in, not in New England, but no, not in New England. Anyway, we don't. Have <laughs> we have that super one under under. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah. I keep waiting for problems. California to fall off, but it hasn't fallen off into the ocean yet. <laughs> anyway, now this just this said, one is sorry. I'm just going to say, um, 
they've just announced that the queues of people to go in uh, fire yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I've now reached five miles in length. And oh, five miles. They're now at five miles. Last I heard it was three. Oh, my God. They're at uh, five miles. Um, estimated weight now is 27 hours. Oh, if you're God. at the back of the queue. Go ahead, bless them. And there was a lady who'd flown in. They interviewed her earlier this afternoon. She'd flown in. From, she's a British lady. She'd just arrived in California. Mm-hmm um to see her family and as soon as she got there she heard the news and she and her entire family english uh, british family who lived in california boarded a plane they've arrived here in london they've camped out they 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 camped out in the queue and the news uh, interviewer said to them well you know it's going to be 24 hours and their response was she gave 70 years oh isn't that sweet you know, and there's a lot of great stories about the Queen, too. I mean, the, the prime minister, one of the ex-prime ministers gave a great story at, uh, I think it was at, when she was addressing the parliament or something. or, or side the cheese. Yes, wasn't that fabulous? <laughs> that was, and she did a good job delivering it, too. I have to admit that she did. Who was that, Steve? That was, uh, that was Theresa May, um, oh, who Theresa. was the prime minister who took us t- up to Brexit. Okay. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, the Queen is renowned for her, her good sense of humor and her sense of fun. Oh, yeah. There was, there were two American tourists and this was a story that, that, you know, happened a few, a good few years ago, but, um, people were remembering the stories and there were two American tourists walking through Scotland. Um, this must've been presumably 20 or 30 years ago. And they came across the queen. Um, out walking the dogs with her protection officer. In her wellies. <laughs> in her wellies and a mac <laughs> and a headscarf with her, with her corgis, accompanied by her royal protection officer. Mm-hmm. Um, the two American tourists didn't recognize her. Um, and they were saying, oh, we, you know, we've come over from America, we're on holiday, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, have you ever seen the Queen? Have you ever met the Queen? <laughs> to which Queen Elizabeth said, no, I haven't, but he has, and pointed to the <laughs> Royal Protection Officer. They went over, took a selfie with the Royal Protection Officer first, and said, geez, what's the Queen like? And his response was, well, she can be cantankerous sometimes, but she's got great things <laughs> of fun. They then took a selfie with the Queen. And then they said goodbye, and then they went different ways. And the Queen turned to the Royal Protection Officer and said, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when they get home and show those family uh, (laughs) photos. But there are many, many stories. Because the Queen used to, uh, when she was at Windsor or Sandringham, um, she would go off for a drive, go off for a walk, and meet members of the public. Because the royal estates of Balmoral, Windsor, Great Park, and Sandringham um, are not restricted royal only um, properties. So they are open to mem- ordinary members of the public. And many, many people have come across, you know, a member of Prince Philip or the Queen or mm. Prince Charles, and in many cases fail to recognize them. During uh, World War II, I'm sure you, you appreciate that the Queen. Um, was in the auxiliary, um, she drove an ambulance. 
in yep. the women's orchestra. And she could also service an ambulance. And yeah, I know that. She's a mechanic. It's like, holy, holy. She, she was a very competent mechanic. And what? Ha- uh, there's another story that was told this week, uh, re- you know, a, a reminiscence of this week. There was, uh, she, this took place at San- uh, Sandringham Estate, uh, which is in Norfolk on the opposite side, the east coast of England. And there was uh, a guy who'd driven down there in his Land Rover and it had broken down. And he was scratching his head and looking under the, the hood, the bonnet. And this lady came over wearing a Mac and a headscarf and tinkered around. She said, oh, I, I think I can help. And she tinkered around with the engine and got it started. Uh, you know, He drove off and then only afterwards realised because the police officer, that, you know, the escort, and said, that was Her Majesty the Queen that just fixed your car. <laughs> <laughs> We had a, but she, 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 she used to love playing pranks on people. She had a good um, sense of humor. I mean, when, when she came over here and George uh, Bush was president and he was addressing her, uh, talking about when, when she came over here in uh, 1776 and, and he <laughs> met, it went 1976 because she came over in front of the centennial. And uh, yeah, so all of a sudden he looked down at her when he realized what he did. And she looked and then he said, only a look a mother could could give you. <laughs> and then uh, later on, when she was addressing someone else, she mentioned that little thing again. But she, yeah. yeah, she had a real good sense of humor. She did. And you've, you've probably seen them. Um, if not, if you're at any of the presentations I'll be doing, you'll probably be seeing them. Um, <laughs> during the Olympic London Olympics of 2012, uh, she famously shot a video or with James Bond, or that showed the Queen jumping out of a helicopter. Oh, I didn't see that. And she also, because we've just had her jubilee uh, in the summer yes, here, yes. the Platinum Jubilee, 70 years, and uh, she filmed a sequence with Paddington Bear. The Bear, yeah. Um, and now um, they had to put out an appeal, will people stop leaving Paddington um, yeah, yeah, bears at the palace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, this this actually and marmalade sandwiches. Yeah, on uh, Facebook, there's actually a, a photograph of her, I, I believe, uh, walking to heaven with uh, patting to bed, holding hands. Yeah, yeah, very nice. All right, so this one at first I thought was wrong, and then as I read on, I realized it was right. But any, I watch a lot of British. Uh, you do. Releases, you you know, are the biggest yeah. fan of Downton Abbey I've ever seen. Well, more than Downton Abbey, you know, Spectre Lewis, Midsummer Murders, uh, well, all of them. There's a ton of, ton of them. But anyways, and every time the, the police come to the, the house of anybody, and they, they always pop up and say, uh, should I put the kettle on? Uh, you know, they always offer them tea in these, these movies. It's like always tea that you can't do anything without your cup of tea. So, yeah. according, according to this uh, misconception, British people uh, drink excess amounts of tea, which, uh, which makes them the biggest tea-drinking region by a long shot. I thought, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Does it make sense to you? Of course. Um, I don't know anybody that doesn't drink tea. In fact, my youngest son... Is he, 
well, we call him a tea pig because <laughs> because you know he's learnt to make a cup of tea and he loves his cups of tea. But there are many, you know. I mean, the moment coffee shops are very much the in vogue thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody in Britain drinks tea. I've never met anybody that doesn't. Well, taking into population into account, Britain ranks third in the world. I was going to say, they're falling are, behind Turkey and India. Well, India doesn't surprise me because they grow yeah. the stuff. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't realize about Turkey. Turkey, I, yeah. I, I would also always put it down as a coffee drinking country. I would too, for some reason. We, yeah. we have, you know, we have Turkish coffee. Um, it's very strong coffee. So, but anyway, but we all drink uh, tea over here. Oh, but you know I do. It, we, I drink it yeah, in buckets. But we drink it the British way. Oh, um, you know, none of this lemon and um, fancy stuff. Mm. It's tea, milk, and sugar. Well, if you take sugar, yeah, that's the way I drink it. I, I drink regular black tea, none of the. The all those yeah, but ones. you know the weird the weird thing is in America when I've been over in America, particularly on the uh, opposite side, California, they mm. always have to specify tea hot. Oh yeah, you can have iced tea too. Yeah, yeah. We you know you say tea, it's going to be mm. cold, it's going to be hot. That's right. It's the only way to do it. So earlier we were talking about royal powers. I want to go back to tea. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Because um, there's an art to brewing the perfect copper. Oh, here we go again. Which I have, by the way, since uh, you you came over here and took me to that <laughs> British store and you gave me the recipe for brewing the proper cup of tea. Good. And that's you. It takes five minutes for the tea to brew. Of course, I ignore it. And well, most people do. Um, <laughs> I presume you use tea bags now. Yes. Yes. Hey, there's there's a funny one. We had um, this has got nothing to do with the Queen, but it is down to tea. We had yeah, an American. We had an American um, on TV quite recently, complaining. You know, that it was all these videos of the differences between the United Kingdom and uh, the United States. Yeah. And they t- they talked about um, tea, and said that. Um, they had terrible trouble. The tea was disgusting over here um, because it was bitty. There was all leaves and bits floating around in it. And they cut to a video of her making the tea. And what she was doing was um, ripping open the tea bags and pouring them into the pot. <laughs> She'd never heard the tea strainer, presumably. I guess not. Bless her. You know, that's... That's, that's and our faucets work differently as well, our taps. Oh, they do? How? Uh, they're the opposite way, well, like everything. They're the op- and our lights. Left and right? Left and right, up uh, and down, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, your hot taps are on the right-hand side. Ours are on the left-hand side. No, ours um, are on the left. Ours are on the left. Hot taps ours are on the re- left. Ours are reversed. And our light switches are down for on and up for off. Mm. And we have safer yeah. electrical plugs as well. America has the most. 
now I didn't come up with this statistic, an American did. You have the most dangerous electrical supply system in the world. Oh, well, get over it. <laughs> as long as we have electricity. You don't have the three-pin earthed plug, British standard plug. Mm. Well, we do have the all of them now in uh, three plugs. They're all grounded and have the ground on it. Yeah, but they're all they, the same bloody like. Yeah, but they, uh, yeah, they're different. And we have, wait a minute, one of the, all the new things have one of the sides of battery, so they only really fit in one side, one way. So that's, it's, that's been corrected. We copied you guys, I guess, or whatever. We don't have the fancy one like you do, but we do have. Some now, ours is, ours is actually more awkward when you're traveling um, because our adapters are, um, you know, plug-in adapters have to be bigger to accommodate the bigger plug. But mm. from a safety point of view, the British standard plug, the three-pin plug, um, with that has shielded prongs and a longer earth pr uh, ground prong. Yeah, I have. Uh, it's nearly impossible to electrocute yourself. There you go. Uh, but you know, I always look at that as you know the uh, the uh, the way of uh, natural selection. So yeah, survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah, survival of the fittest. So anyway, well, stupid is as stupid does. If you're going to electrocute <laughs> yourself, you deserve it. Mm. So. Uh, we were talking about the queen's power, and most people yes. said she's just a figurehead. Uh, but there's a thing called royal ascent. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that? I am. Royal ascent is every bill that passes parliament, so every law that is made, um, then goes well. It goes backwards and forwards between the House of Commons and then the House of Lords, and then finally, before it can become law. It has to be signed off by the monarch. Now, the I don't think there has been any. If it, um, there may have been the odd occasion, but not that I'm aware of in my lifetime, where the monarch has said, "I'm not signing it, not giving royal assent." That means that the law cannot be passed. Um, but generally, the monarch does as they're told by Parliament. Yeah, otherwise, they do. it'll start another war. But they still have that. They, they still do need. Still have, they do they both. The monarch relies on Parliament, and Parliament relies on the monarch. It's an mm -hmm. interconnected system. We don't. The Queen doesn't have, or the King doesn't have. Um, you can see how new this is. We still keep doing this, the Queen, mm -hmm. because we've been saying it for seventy years. Mm -hmm. um, the Queen doesn't have the ability to issue an executive order like the U.S. President, which overrides the uh, ability to make things happen. These, uh, the the last time that was used by the monarch was in 1708. It's on the statute, yeah. It, it's on the statute. The, the monarch can do it, but the monarch doesn't do it because it would cause a constitutional crisis. And unlike America, with your constitution, we don't have one. Great Britain has no written constitution. Yeah, that was one of the things too. I was amazed there too. Yeah, yeah, we've never, we've there. It's been suggested that we should have one, but the British go, nah, we'll just fiddle it out as we go. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the other thing, I mean, there's so many cool things that's so different than. Uh, uh, but I wanted to ask you about 
But we talk English properly and we spell things properly. Well, if you say so. Uh, no, you don't. How do you get clerk and clack? I forget it. Anyways. <laughs> How did the ceremonial mace come about? Do you know, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Um, oh. I, the, there are certain royal regalia. The crown, the, set, the, 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 the sword, the sword of state, there's the mace uh, and the scepter. Um, each of them has a deep significance, but I don't fully understand and um, to be honest I don't know what the mace is it's a crown on a stick basically um, and I if I remember rightly it does represent the, the power of the monarch in the form of the crown it's exactly it. according to this and this is just what I'm reading so I'm, I'm not an authority the staff represents the authority of the, the queen and must be present in the chamber for the meeting yeah. of the house to be legal yeah, it, it it rests on a dais in front of the Speaker of the House, uh, the House of Commons, um, and the Lords have got their own one. But it is it's 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 a, a figure a figure a figurative representation of the power of the monarch. That's why it's got a, it's basically a crown on a stick. Big stick. The uh, yeah, big stick. One thing I I it's the when the now. There's a special ceremony where you have the door knocker and oh uh, yeah, black rod and the ceremony of uh, the opening of Parliament, uh, and this goes back to King Charles the um, First because he disbanded Parliament. They threw him out. He threw them out, and uh, mm-hmm. eventually, at the end of it, um, when they uh, the the king has no right to now enter the chamber of the House of Commons. And he has to be invited in. So what happens is, symbolically, at the state opening of Parliament, Black Rod, who is one of the um, officials of Parliament, Mm -hmm. marches in front of the monarch to the door of the chamber of the House of Commons and bangs upon the door, uh, demanding entry. The door is then ceremonially slammed in in the in the monarch's face <laughs> to say, no, you have no right to come in. And then they open the door and invite and invite the monarch in to speak to them. So this still happens today? Oh, happens every year. So this happens to the Queen? Oh yeah. They close well, the door right in their face. In November. Yeah, they slam the door in oh. the face of the monarch. Ah. Oh. Wow, I can't believe we went through the show. But I mean, hopefully we cleared up some misconceptions and, you know, being the that the queen has passed and, and you have a new king, I thought it would be good to talk a little bit about your yeah, country gotta, that, gotta that so many of us here in the States love. I'm, I'm surprised America ever left. I tell you, we shouldn't have. But that's just my point of view. <laughs> you only wanted could've, taxation and representation. At least the Commonwealth country. <laughs> uh, there's nothing stopping America being a Commonwealth country. Yeah, I know. They're all jumping ship. Not all. I take that back. What? Commonwealth countries? Yeah. They freed no. one a couple of no. years ago, and then they freed no, one. No, no, no. You're mixing up two things there. But 
you can be independent. And in fact, Jamaica is going to declare it's going to be uh, independent of the monarchy because currently the Queen is the head of state of Jamaica. Oh, God, uh, Australia, Australia and New Zealand may follow, but they will. They are both active senior members of the Commonwealth. Okay, we do have to go, Steve, with the last minute of the show. Stay tuned for uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Steve will be back. We'll be talking a little bit about his trip here, some of the events, and a whole bunch of other stuff, too, as well. Anyways, we're brought to you by uh, Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Thurman, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Log, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. Our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, and uh, of course, if you want to check out Steve's uh, trip here, go to any ghost project dot com the letter n the letter e ghostproject.com good night stay safe and god yeah. save the king cheers 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 no, god know. save the king okay god save the queen a king. king 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 where do i know <laughs> and we're gone <laughs> to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. This 